You're listening to the Senior Care Pharmacist Podcast, ASCP's journal come to life. Visit ASCP.com slash journal to read the articles and ASCP.com slash podcasts to listen to more author interviews. Welcome to the Senior Care Pharmacist Podcast. This is Kelly Uland, your host. Today, we're going to be discussing the Senior Care Pharmacist Journal August 2023 issue article with the author. We have Dr. Jalon Yuxel with us. I'd like to welcome you to the podcast and thank you for taking the time to chat with us. The article is entitled, Pharmacist Involvement in Acute Care of the Elderly Team, Impact on Appropriate Medication Use. Welcome, Dr. Yuxel. Thank you. Before we dive into the article, can you tell me about what you do and how you became interested in the study? Yeah, so I am currently a clinical geriatric pharmacist at Upstate, where I completed both my first and second year residencies. I currently work on the transition to care unit, which is essentially a short-term rehab for older adults. I also work on the acute care for the elderly consult team. And then I occasionally staff and work in the geriatric emergency department. I've always had a passion for research and quality improvement projects that positively impact patient care. And I became interested in the study in particular because we don't have a pharmacist that's dedicated to rounding with our acute care for the elderly, also known as ACE team, at our institution. So currently, we only have the PGY2 geriatric resident rounding with the team during their rotation. And when they're not on rotation, it's split up between the three geriatric pharmacists on our team. And they have to round with ACE team in addition to their staffing duties. So we wanted to see how big of an impact the pharmacist makes when rounding with the ACE team in regards to identifying potentially inappropriate medications, also called PIMS, and drug-related problems, also called DRPs, versus when a pharmacist was not on the team. So we essentially wanted to show how impactful a pharmacist could be on this team to hopefully get a full-time position for a pharmacist to have time devoted to rounding with the acute care for the elderly team. Okay, that's wonderful. So what is the biggest challenge that you faced with this study, and how did you tackle it? Yeah, so I would say the biggest challenge was retrospectively going through each patient's chart manually to collect all the different data points. So just to put it into perspective, there was about 125 patients in the intervention group and 106 in the control group, which at first glance doesn't seem like a lot. But when you're manually collecting multiple data points, it can be a little overwhelming and tiresome. So to overcome this, we had scheduled office days between the couple of us on the study, and we split it up to set a goal of reviewing at least 50 patients a day for inclusion. And in total, we reviewed 283 patients. So we were able to get most of the data collected within about a week and a half by setting a goal of 50 patients per day and then reviewing each patient that we did end up including. Oh, that's really interesting. Thank you for sharing how you broke that down. Mm-hmm. It makes it seem like it's a little bit more manageable, but that is still a lot of manual going through electronic charts. Yeah, I would recommend if anybody does do a study that collects over 100 patients mm-hmm. to definitely try to pull reports, either using like a business objects or a slicer dicer or wherever your institution has to pull reports, because that will save you a lot of time. Mm-hmm. And to be clear, what software does your institution use? So we use Epic, and through Epic, we can use this tool called Slicer Dicer, which pulls data from specific time points. Mm -hmm. It can pull specific data points, but it can't pull notes or 
things that are handwritten into the chart, more like uh, diagnosis codes or blood pressures, things in that nature. And then we also have something called a slicer dicer and we have the business objects, which are mm-hmm. essentially the same. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you for that clarification. Was there something that surprised you about the results? Yeah, so I was pleasantly surprised to see that patients that had an ACE pharmacist review their medications actually had less 30-day readmissions. So the control group had 33% versus the intervention group had 17%, which was found to be statistically significant. And I thought it was interesting because not only did the pharmacist identify more potentially inappropriate medications, but they also identified more drug-related problems. Mm -hmm. And this could have potentially led to deprescribing, which could have led to the decreased 30-day readmission rates. That's remarkable. Mm -hmm. That's really exciting. What was one piece of advice that you'd give to someone starting out in a study like this? I would say ensure that your team is passionate about whatever you are studying. So everyone on my team are strong advocators for improving and expanding care for our older adults. So when this idea was presented to my team, everyone was more than willing to help out and play their role. And it just made for a positive and creative work environment. So definitely having a strong team makes a huge difference in a project. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really great point. Um, I'm sure also having the residents to work with is, is really great for kind of keeping things with a forward momentum as well. I agree. Improvement. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's great. Is there anything else you'd like us to know about the study? Yeah. So just to give a brief background on how the study came about, we actually had a similar study that we published through ASCP that essentially had the same methods, data collection, and data analysis, but it looked at the pharmacist's role in a geriatric ambulatory care clinic Mm -hmm. because we don't have a full-time pharmacist in the ambulatory clinic as well. So only the PGY2 geriatric resident will be there for a total of 12 weeks throughout the year. So we wanted to see the impact of a pharmacist identifying potentially inappropriate medications and drug-related problems Mm -hmm. in addition to deprescribing again, to potentially get a full-time pharmacist position there as well. So this study actually came from the previous study, but looking at more of an inpatient pharmacist role on the acute care for the elderly team. Yeah, yeah. And so for the listeners that that don't know, so Jalen and I actually get to work together. We're actually sitting together in the same room to record the podcast, which is really nice. It's always a treat when I get to be in the same place as, you know, with the author. And so... You know, we've been working towards trying to expand our geriatric FTEs here. And do you have any advice for the listeners if they're trying to get positions created, you know, how to best go about doing that? I would say definitely try to collect as much data as you can, Mm -hmm. whether it be interventions that you're making that are not necessarily part of your typical workflow Mm -hmm. or going back and retrospectively collecting data to see if the pharmacist does have an impact on length of stay, 30-day readmission, because this is what the big people in the hospitals or institutions want to see. They want to see that mm-hmm. we're saving the, mon- the hospital money. So if you can try to prove it in a way where you're either making money or saving the hospital money, that would be the route that I would recommend to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good advice. And so the listeners know we're still trying to move the needle on this one. And um, we have a lot of good data, but we're still you know, really just trying now to work through interdisciplinary collaboration to have, you know, some of the stakeholders that we get to collaborate with also be advocating for expanding programs. So I think that's another route to attempt to utilize as well. 
where can our listeners find you online? Do you have a social media or a LinkedIn presence that you would, you'd like to share? Yeah, so I am available on LinkedIn. I'm under Jalon Hayes slash Uxel. And I check it about once a week. And I'm also available via email. My email is HayesJ. It's H-A-Y-E-S-J-A-Y at upstate.edu. Thank you. And so let me ask you, so if funding wasn't an issue, I love to ask all of our authors this at the end of the podcast recording, what would you like to do in the future? What kind of study would you do? Maybe we have a listener who would be interested in a multi-site study. Yeah, if funding was not an issue, I would want to examine chronic anticholinergic burden score at 5, 10, 15, and 20 years Mm -hmm. to see the correlation between anticholinergic burden score. So for example, if a patient is taking something like oxybutynin, which has a score of three, if they're taking it for five years versus 15, Mm -hmm. what is the relation to dementia diagnosis? I think that'd be something really interesting to look at because we all know that anticholinergic burden score is bad the higher it gets, but I want to look at it as far as the score in correlation with the duration as well. Mm-hmm. And when you say the anticholinergic burden score, what scoring, what scale or scoring system are you referring to? Yep, it's a scoring system from one to three. It's the anticholinergic burden scoring scale that many institutions use. I think we have it built in our epic system. We as do, well. yeah. Yes, yeah. so this is from the aging brain. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, Bustani at Al. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. So, Dr. Yuxel, what would you say is the most important lesson that you've learned over your career? Could you share with our listeners? Of course. I think that tough times don't last, but tough people do. And with time management and proper planning, you can manage any project, any task, or achieve any goal that you want to. That's a great quote. I love that. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. And just so our listeners know as well, so you guys will probably be hearing this podcast being released in about August of 2023 when the article also comes out. And if you're going to be going to the ASCP annual meeting this year in Florida, you'll get to meet Dr. Yuxo, who will be presenting her poster. And also, she's up for the Next Gen Rx Award. So please take a look at the bio and on the ASCP website and invoke because she's one of our top three finalists for that very exciting award and well-deserved. As one of Dr. Yuxel's colleagues, it's very exciting to get to see her tenacity and how she just is an incredibly efficient with her time in data collection. So she gave it some really good pearls about data collection and how to kind of take it down into bite-sized bites to make it more approachable, especially when you have a large data set to get through if it's a manual search. So I encourage you to uh, listen to that part of this as well. So Dr. Yuxel, can you tell us a little bit about the poster that you're going to be presenting? Of course. So I'm going to be presenting a poster that looks at the improved outcomes of when home-dose carbidobolipidopa is continued in the geriatric emergency department in patients with Parkinson's disease. So essentially, our institution created an alert in our electronic medical record that alerts the pharmacist when a patient who potentially is on carbidobolipidopa is in the emergency department. And this prompts our emergency department pharmacist to get an accurate medication history from either the patient or the caregiver to confirm the carbidobolipidopa dose. And then they reach out to the provider taking care of the patient in the emergency department to try to get that dose ordered so the patient doesn't miss out on their medication and they don't miss a dose. Mm -hmm. A lot of times in our emergency department nowadays, there's patients that are in there for a long period of time. They're called boarders, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. 
because there's such a hard time getting them admitted to the hospital, getting them to the floor. So a lot of times the attending in the emergency department only focuses on the acute care medications and then allows the admitting provider to order all of the chronic home meds. So when patients are in the ED for up to 12 hours, they can miss some of their doses of their carbidopleep dopa, which is kind of where this alert came into play. So we wanted to compare length of stay and those that did not receive a dose of carbidopleep so that's our control, versus those that did receive a dose of carbidopleep in the emergency department. And we also wanted to compare 30-day readmission rates and the administration of an injectable benzodiazepine or short-acting antipsychotic for agitation in the control versus the intervention group. And to summarize what we found, so we found that our average total length of stay was actually statistically lower in our intervention group with 3.3 days versus 5.4 in the control group. And the 30-day readmissions were also statistically different between groups with five patients in the intervention group and 23 in the control group. Wow. In addition, we also found that the injectables given for agitation was also significantly different between groups with only nine patients in the intervention group compared to 17 in the control group. Mm. So with these positive findings, we're hoping to potentially have this alert system in our sister hospital in our downtown campus Mm -hmm. and share our results with the world so that we can potentially impact other institutions to potentially get this alert in their system as well. Yeah, it's a good point. It, 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 sometimes it's hard to believe these, these things don't already exist everywhere, right? I agree. But, yeah, yeah, something so simple can make such a huge impact. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you for taking the time and sharing this with us. And if you have more questions for Dr. Yuxil, please go find her at the ASCP annual meeting. She'll be presenting a poster on Gem Park that she was just sharing a little bit about with us. So that wraps up our episode for today. Thank you so much, Dr. Yuxel, for joining us. My name is Kelly Ulin, and this is the Senior Care Pharmacist Podcast. Thank you. You're listening to the Senior Care Pharmacist Podcast, ASCP's journal come to life. Visit ASCP.com slash journal to read the articles and ASCP.com slash podcast to listen to more author interviews.